You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 54. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. It is fabulous to have you here. My name's Meg Rentschler. I'm your host, and I do want to send out a special welcome to our Star Coach membership community. So when we think about how we reach our clients and the fact that we are in a world now that is so much closer based on the phenomena of the internet and the world wide web, we are continually challenged with the best way to reach clients through the different platforms that we have. And our guest today is Brighton West. He is a videopreneur and has enjoyed making online videos since the days before YouTube, so pre-2006. In 2014, he realized that online video was heating up, and that for certain small businesses, this was going to be a real opportunity. And that's what I was talking about, and how we can access those opportunities that are available to us. So Brighton quit his nonprofit job and started serving small businesses with a focus on professional coaches, authors, and speakers. He helps these businesses grow with online video using YouTube and online courses in his business, Authentic West. Brighton spends his time with us today sharing incredible tips and specific strategies that we can use to maximize those videos if we choose to take our business to that level and want to get our expertise out there to the millions of people that access YouTube. Now, in our interview today, Brighton is in a hotel lobby, so there is a little bit of a background music, and, and I ask for your indulgence in that because he does share such incredible information throughout the interview. So let's go to our interview with Brighton West. Brighton, welcome to the show. It is so good to have you here from Portland, Oregon, while you're at a conference. You're taking time for us. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I apologize for the slight background music, and hopefully no one will come up and uh, engage in our podcast here. (laughs) Well, if so, it just kind of will go with it because we're talking today all about sort of using video and Mm -hmm. live video is, is, seems to be the hot thing. So we'll just do some live video right now in the conference hotel lobby. And I'm really excited to have you here with us. Brighton is going to share with us about using video and how important that is in building business and in in being in a a business like coaching where we're so 
people oriented, that getting out there on video is something that I'm challenging all of you to determine whether you're doing to the level that you could. So let's start Brighton with you. Just maybe tell us a little bit about what you do. Tell us about your business. Great. Well, thanks, Meg. So what I do, my business helps coaches who, typically coaches who are also authors and speakers, helps them get on what I say is the world's largest stage, which is YouTube. Uh, 30 million people a day are in the audience on YouTube. So getting yourself in front of a few of them would be, be a smart idea for a coach. And my business is very specific to coaching I looked at a number of different verticals, I guess, and you know, real estate agents and things like that. But coaching is really, it's, it's almost like video and coaching are, are so meant to be together uh, because there's such an important relationship between a coach and a coachee. And video is the, the way to make that connection with people online. You know, in-person is always the best. Word of mouth advertising is wonderful. But if you're going to be online doing marketing and trying to connect with people, video is tops. So I typically help people make that happen and make it happen well. Uh, there's a lot of folks out there who are maybe on YouTube, but not maybe not getting that traction. So that's what I provide. I provide those snow tires, I guess. Absolutely. And so you bring that specialty to that something that maybe we're not specialists in. Right. And when we think about YouTube and having so many. So Facebook also has like so many people on it. So what's the difference between being on YouTube and being on Facebook? Yeah, both of them are doing video and Facebook is really ramping up. Facebook live video is, uh, I guess what I would say is it's preferred by Facebook right now. So I would recommend that people do Facebook live video. It's not my niche. I don't really understand it that much, but it is definitely you will reach a lot of people using Facebook live video. A few years ago, I had real success using just video on Facebook because that was the cool thing that Facebook wanted more people to, to see. Now, live video is the thing that if you use that, you'll reach more people. But the way I look at Facebook versus YouTube is kind of a push and a pull platform. So YouTube is something where people pull the videos to them. So they go online, they'll often type in a search and YouTube is going to select videos to share with them based on what they're looking for or maybe what they've looked for in the past. So YouTube is serving up from all the billions of videos out there, kind of looking at what you're likely to want to watch. Facebook is a little different. Facebook is kind of pushing out to you what's available now. So if someone just posted a video that is your you know, a friend of yours, that's what you're going to see that day. Not necessarily what you're interested in, but what, what someone's presenting at that moment in time. And I think of, you know, Facebook is pretty good for like inspirational videos or entertaining videos because people are usually bored. That's why they're on Facebook is they're bored and they're like, I just want to see what's going on in the world. And they're not like, boy, you know, my, my business is struggling and I need an executive coach or something. I need some advice on how to make my business better, or how to manage money better or something. Right. That's where they're going to a search engine like YouTube. It's the second largest search engine or they're going to Google and Google sending them over to YouTube to find those answers. So that's why I love YouTube so much. If you're an expert, you post your videos there and then people go and they get them. 
instead of just kind of popping up in someone's feet. So it makes sense with what you're saying. Well, it makes perfect sense. And I love that concept. It's very visual to see, you know, are you, are you pushing it towards people or are they pulling it towards themselves? And I would assume that there are some tricks of the trade then if we want to maximize the bazillion videos that are out there? How do we stand out? What are some, you know, what makes a good YouTube video and a good way to be found? That's a double whammy for you. Right. Definitely. And that's, that's, that's where I focus on. There are, I don't know, I can't even remember the statistics for how many videos are being uploaded every minute. It's thousands. And so standing out is going to be key. And one of the things is this works really well for coaches who have a small niche, something that they can own as the expert in that niche. It doesn't work well if you are kind of the life coach. Or a jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah exactly. Come see me if you want your life to be better. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's, the more niche you are, because that's where people will be like, okay, yeah, this you know, brightens the YouTube video guy. That's where I'm going to go. You know, Once they find me once, they'll come back if they're like, oh yeah, he's YouTube, 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 not Twitter video or something. Right, right. So nice, tight niche. And then YouTube, I mean, it's a little more technical. And there are a lot of pieces of information that you have to put, that you have to upload with your video. It's called metadata. It's like the title, the tags, the description, you know, how you do your links, end cards. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff that's kind of behind the scenes. And that's what makes it possible for YouTube to match your audience with your video. If you just post a video to YouTube, YouTube has no idea what it's about. Uh, right. Those- yes. YouTube does not read it. Yes. Yeah. If they try. They do the, uh, the, the subtitles that are less than perfect, but they know they're less than perfect, so they don't count for anything. So if you will just take a video from your phone and upload it directly, and it's mv1447.mov, YouTube has no idea who to share that with. Right. The more information you feed it, the better it can match with your audience. And that's a big part of what I do for my clients is, is making that connection. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is making the type of video that people want to watch on YouTube. Uh, people, I mean, YouTube, we all know YouTube. It's got, there's like a 20 other choices of similar videos. As soon as you start to watch one, YouTube's pulling up a bunch of other options. That and they put them right up on the sidebar. I mean, it's yeah. like you're looking yeah. at one and all these other ones are popping up next to you. So, so what do you do to make sure that people stick with your video? So yeah, great question. I have something on my website, on my blog called the YouTube Magic Formula. And this is something, it's not something that I came up with. It's something, someone taught me this. And, but once you see it, you can go and you see it in most of the more successful YouTube videos. It's like, wow, everybody's doing that. But the gist of it is this, I'm going to share it now, is that you, you start out with the the hook. So within the first three seconds, you're telling people, Hey, in this video, you're going to learn, you know, how to balance your checkbook. Right off the bat, not who you are, not what, just like, what are you, what's the value? Stick with me because you're going to learn four tips for whatever or whatever. Right. Exactly. How to videos do really well on YouTube. Then you can brand yourself and say who you are because you've already told them that they feel like they're going to get it. And then you give them the information usually in, you know, two or three minutes. And then you end with an ask. And that ask is always one thing, but it's the call to action of, you know, go to my website and download my lead magnet or comment on this video or push the like button, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. And you can change that with each video that you do. But, but it's one call to action. It's one call to action. And if you can 
one of the uh, the tricks that someone taught me is called an open loop. This is a great little psychology trick, but it's what the news does to us all the time. Before they go to commercial break, they, they kind of tease what's coming up later. Right. So that you sit there and you watch the commercials waiting for it to come up. So you can do the same thing in your video to say, oh, I'm going to tell you, you know, four steps or I'm going to so they have to stick around for the fourth one just instead of just steps. Or, you know, before the end of the video, I, I'll be sure to give you this really hot tip. Um, okay. Okay. And you, where do you, where do you feed that in at the very beginning or, well, cause yeah, you've I mean, only got like three minutes to work with. So you've got a, but three minutes when you're watching a video can feel pretty long. I yeah, mean, exactly. when your person watching. could leave at any point. So you want right. to keep it hot through the whole thing. Right. And you can, I mean, YouTube has great analytics, so you can actually see when people are dropping off of your video and you can look oh, and say, that's interesting. Well, my videos are typically 10 minutes long and people only last five minutes. Maybe I should make my videos five minutes long. And I think just sprinkling in the open loops throughout, uh, it's best if you can open a new one before you close one. That's usually what they do on, I mean, news is, is a perfect example of this. They're, yeah. they're constantly telling you what else is coming up. So you're like, oh, I got to stick around for that next thing. And it's just our brains. It's right. You know, yeah, it's how it works. We, we want to close all those loops. But that's a really good point that you make. Open another loop before you close the loop before. So right. before you give that hot tip number two, let them know that hot tip number three is going to come afterwards or whatever. Right, exactly. And uh, Gideon Shawick is, uh, is a, a video master and he's the one who taught me this. He's from down in Australia. But one of the things that he did, I mean, his, he was so good at this, but it's this is a great little, little tip is, especially for speaking from the stage, maybe not for video because you do some editing, but you start to reveal something really excited, exciting. And you're like, Oh, wait a minute. I can't tell you that yet. I, and it's, it's totally planned, but, <laughs> but it looks spontaneous and like, Oh, I let that slip. Yeah. I let that slip a little bit, but no, that's, it's not time for that yet. And it's like, Oh my God, that's genius. Yeah. He just kept everyone on board to the end of his talk and was just using that as a technique as he taught us about the technique. Excellent. So when you, in your experience working with YouTube, what do you think is sort of a key target time period? I know that different people, and I also, my experience has told me that if it's somebody that's a very, like a Tony Robbins could get away with having a longer video than a Meg Rentschler. So I like to say three to five minutes is a good time, but if you can get it out in less than that, it just kind of you can see, the viewer can see how long the video is before they click start. So if it's a 15-minute video, and, and once again, you're listed amongst 20 people who are solving the same problem. I mean, it's out there. There's competition out there. You have to convince them to click on you. So if you say, hey, I'm going to teach you how to balance your checkbook, and the video is 15 minutes long, I'm like, oh, I don't want to sit through 15 minutes of learning. And then there's another one that's like 30 seconds long. You think, well, there's no way they can teach me in 30 seconds how to do this thing. Yeah, that sweet spot that people have that expectation. And I think you, you, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're Tony Robbins, you've got the name and people are searching for you specifically. And there might be people out there looking for you specifically, but most people, I mean, we're, the audience is global here with YouTube. They're searching for the problem that you solve. So that's what you have to do a really good job of is really solving the problem. And then people... You know, if I can't balance my checkbook, I probably have some other accounting issues. And so I'm going to either subscribe to the channel or join your mailing list or say, wow, you know, this person really taught that in a way that I really like. I am going to hire them directly to just get this problem completely solved. So that's the idea of how it works. But yeah, to think in the beginning, you have to be creating content that people are looking for. 
and making it really easy to find. That's it. And then you gather your audience. And how do you gather your audience? Well, that's the, um, the call to action, clicking a subscribe or telling them to come over to your website, giving them something to do so that they, you can get their information. And one, like, just having watched one of your YouTube videos is, is good. That person's kind of inside a YouTube knows that they watch to the end. Or if you, if they like or they comment, I mentioned the action, call to action. YouTube is keeping track of that. So if someone likes a video on my channel, they're more likely to see another video from me in the future. You're going to show up in their sidebar. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So one of the other things that you mentioned was that YouTube needs to know that this is kind of what you're doing to be able to put you in the sidebar for somebody else who's looking for balance my checkbook. So I would think keywords and and titles are really important. What can coaches learn from you about sort of how to position their video once they get this awesome three to five minute video done, how do they best present it to YouTube? And actually, I have a great little download so we can link to that maybe. And it's the 10 things you need to do once you upload a video to YouTube. And it goes Excellent. Through- yeah, we'll link that from the resource page. That's excellent. Yeah. So it, it just kind of goes through and says, okay, well, your title needs to be this. Your description needs to be this. There's, there's 10 places where you can tell YouTube what it's about. And, you know, closed captioning your video, like real closed captioning, not the, the Google closed captioning, will also help your video get found. And one of, the, one of the things I've noticed is if you have a YouTube video, you post a YouTube video and you look down the side and all the videos on the side are your videos, that's a sign of one of two things. One is either you are rocking it on YouTube. So you're Tony Robbins. If you go to Tony Robbins, you're going to see Tony all the way down the side. But if it's also a sign that you're on the other side, that YouTube has no idea what your videos are about. Oh. So all it can say is, all it can recommend is you. It can't recommend anyone else in your niche because it doesn't know. And yeah, you want YouTube to understand what you do so that they right. can suggest you to other people. If the only thing they know about your video is, is you made it, then that's kind of... Right. So that's the not the side side. you wanna be on. You wanna, right. that, that you want to be on. Because what that would be saying is that they're not recommending you. They're not putting you right. in the sidebar unless somebody asks for Brighton West. And if they exactly. ask for Brighton West, then boom, they get Brighton West. But other than that, but, they don't. But exactly. They're not okay. finding you for those pain points. Very important. Good, good information to have. This is something I'm curious about. So I'm putting it out there because maybe somebody in the audience is curious about it as well. So when I do, let's say a video that I want to put on my email, like I send out an email about something and I want a video message on there. I put it like in YouTube and then put the link in my email, but then they have to leave my email to go to YouTube. Is that still the be- the way that I'm supposed to be doing it though? That's pretty much how it works. Okay. Email doesn't allow you to use video, put video directly in. So you're going to have to get them over to YouTube or Vimeo or Wistia or one of those platforms that will serve up the video. Okay. I was just curious if I was doing it wrong and I thought maybe there were listeners that were curious about that as well. Yeah. So what I, I think probably when we, we've emailed back and forth and you might've seen in my signature line, there's what looks like a video, but it's really just a picture with a play button on it. Uh, and when you click on it, it's set to go to YouTube. So okay. kind of like you can trick people into believing they're going to watch a video. Like they think it's going to play it right there, but it does open YouTube. Okay. So then if, if, if it's taking people to YouTube, that's another reason why it's so important to have your call to action over in YouTube because they're no longer in your call to action in your email. I mean, they've sort of shifted. Right. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons I, I mentioned Wistia and Vimeo. 
And so, I mean, it's an interesting game that you play here is YouTube is a search engine. It's a great way to bring new people in. And the more views you can get and the more popular you show YouTube it is, the more likely it will share with people you don't know. So if you can bring in all of your your list to watch your video on YouTube, YouTube's going to say, hey, I need to share this with more people. People love this stuff. However, they're on YouTube at that point and they might see a cat video or they might see you know one of your competitors listed in the right-hand column. Or if you've turned on advertising, the first thing they might see is one of your competitors who's targeting you to make sure that, that their face comes up before yours. So, Oh, that's interesting. Never turn on advertising on YouTube. It's, it's not worth it. Oh, uh, that's good to know. So never turn on advertising because that, that could put in your competitor's ad over your video. Right. Yeah. Unless, I mean, if you're, if you're Tony Robbins and you're killing it, you can make some money, but most people are never going to make money on YouTube. It's not worth it. And it's not, it's not worth that risk. Like even if they don't go to one of your competitors, if they, they leave your video, go to look at, you know, cars or something, right. you want, but the potential is so much greater if you get them to watch your video. Like if it's something on your website, like your about page video, something that's not really, or, or on your front page, something that's not really helping people. It's not a how to answer. Right. Don't put that on Vimeo because Vimeo doesn't have that. They don't have ads. They don't have competitors listed along the side. It's a different model. And so that's a great place to put those videos because even if someone clicks on it and goes and watches it on Vimeo, you know, unless they're kind of like a, an artist or something or really into independent film, they're probably just going to come right back to your newsletter. But, you know, the only distraction over on Vimeo is those is artsy films. <laughs> but um, yeah. Oh, that's good to know. So if it's, if you have a welcome video, there's not a way to do a welcome video that's just a video that stays there. You always have to go somewhere else. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, like on your website, you can do a welcome video. And this is something, once again, over on, you'd have to have a Vimeo account and Vimeo will allow you to embed it into your website so that it only plays on your website and nowhere else in the world, including Vimeo. Okay. YouTube doesn't have that. So right. if you put a YouTube video on your website, it can play on your website and that could be nice. But if someone clicks on it, they're over on YouTube. And so, they're potentially getting a sidebar full of other, they're not potentially, they are getting a sidebar of other people. Okay, yes. good, good tips, Brighton. We're going to just keep you. So one of the things that, that we looked at is you've done a great job at kind of looking at what makes a good YouTube video? Any other tips on what makes a good YouTube video? Adding to the visuals. I mean, this is a visual medium. And if you can do like screen sharing, or if you have, you know, Brendan Burchard always has a, a whiteboard behind him. Yes, he always does. Behind. Yes. So and what's great about video is that people can see your face and we've got a little part of our brain that, you know, registers these faces and we love to see faces and it really forms that connection. That's great, but you're not necessarily conveying a lot of information. So if you can add information visually, like with my clients, we usually like put up the points they're speaking next to them or have different things or put up a drawing of what they're talking about. Adding visually is great because it makes it a reason for them to watch the video instead of just, you know, turn the video on and walk away and just listen to it like they would a podcast. Okay. Okay. And then you brought up Brendan Burchard as an example of somebody who uses visual. Do you have other like people that you would recommend using as example or the way that they do it is really good and this would be somebody that you might want to look at? Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling there. Actually, I want to throw out Marie Forleo. She is at the top of her game. 
And she has a studio in New York where it's like all beautiful. Like, I mean, she knows Oprah and Tony Robbins and all those people, but she started out on her couch. So if you go to her channel, you go all the way back to the first video, it's her on her couch. And so I think it's great to see the progress um, that she's made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not that's even doing neat. this for six years, but like she started on her couch and now she's got a multi-million dollar studio and her business is explosive. So yeah, I like I like using her as an example because that's what she's doing. She's helping people and people are coming to her and she's, you know, become a expert in, you know, essentially entrepreneurship for women uh, is her kind of her niche. But she, you, I mean, you could see kind of by the way that she's marketed herself over the years, that video played into that because she was able to get better and better and better at her video or, or more, more sophisticated. Exactly. Yeah. It's just sophisticated to the point where she's, you know, she's got her hair and makeup people and, you know, multiple yeah. camera videographers. And it's like, wow, that's, that's but we don't have to start that way. And she didn't right. start that way. And that's, what's great to know. Right. Exactly. It's people are pretty willing to forgive less than perfect video. They want good video. They want it to be, you know, the camera at the right height and they, you know, want your head in the right spot and they want halfway decent audio, but it doesn't have to be super high-end production. It needs to look professional and the message has to be strong. And that's what's going to work with video. Uh, you can't just kind of fake it. I mean, you go in and you can shoot. A, I, I see this all the time. People hire videographers to make professional videos of them. They don't perform at all on YouTube because they're not helpful or they're not in that formula. I mean, they start out with all like 30 seconds of branding. Everyone's clicked away by that point. Right. So, Hiring a professional does not necessarily mean success on a platform like YouTube. They'll probably do a good job with your website video. Like I, I'm, I, it's worth it hiring professionals to do stuff like that, but very few of them are good at YouTube. So you, when you work with your people specializing in getting sort of a bang for it on, on YouTube, mm-hmm. you're obviously helping your clients avoid some mistakes. So what are some of the mistakes that you avoid, you help your clients avoid when they're, when they're wanting to do YouTube? Yeah, well, this is great. So some of you are watching this on video if you're part of the membership site. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demonstrate this. I'm picking up my webcam and this is okay. what people do. Here we go. Okay. So they put the camera. I get to see up bright, Brighton's nose. Isn't that yeah, special? It's, it's typical because that's where your webcam is on your laptop. When you start filming is your laptop's down below you and you people just start filming there and it looks awful. Like you don't want to look up someone's nose. You don't want to look down on your clients. A lot of people do this for Zoom. You know, we were talking earlier, I have my lunch is actually underneath this little clamshell is underneath my laptop to try to get it at the right, the right height here in this hotel lobby. But, you know, that's a big one, just getting it at the right height and the right height is eye level or slightly above. Okay. Uh, other one is looking at the lens. Your audience is inside the lens. It's very tempting, especially now like we're, we're talking to each other, right. see each other. It's very tempting to look down at you while I'm talking, but that makes it look like I'm you know, looking over your shoulder or looking right. down at your chest from your perspective. <laughs> so look directly at the lens because it'll make it look like your audience, that you're looking at them in the eyeball. And that is another thing to say is there's only one person on the other side of that lens. It's very seldom that someone watches a YouTube video in a group uh, or listens to a podcast. It's just, it's a single listener. So they have a relationship between the the coach and the one person watching. Of course, Mm -hmm. there are, you know, 
potentially hundreds of thousands or millions of people being that one person. But from their perspective, it's you and them. Yeah. So it's very important to... That's part of the power of it, right? Right, You'll exactly. be able to make that connection. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because, you know, I go to conferences and people come up to me and they're like, Brighton, like they're my best friend because they've been watching videos of me. So it's a little bit strange because you don't have that back and forth until they become a client. You help your clients maximize their YouTube. So what are some of the specific things that working with a specialist like you does to kind of bring that video to the next level? So I work with, there's a number of people out there who do this type of thing and a number of them do it, including the video aspect. I don't do the video. I don't actually record the video for any of my clients. They record the video on their iPhones and hand it over to me. So a couple things that we do. One is strategy, making sure that you're giving the right content for YouTube and you're using the, that formula that I gave earlier to deliver the content. And then it's editing. So making it, you, you guys are witnessing this podcast. It has been edited because we've had a number of little glitches, but you guys as listeners or viewers aren't privy to all of that. Like the, the things that might've gone wrong with a baby crying behind me and whatnot. But doing that editing is important and it helps kind of move the story along and keep the audience's attention. Uh, so we do editing and then also all that optimization stuff of you know, typing in the keywords and the tags and the titles. And that's usually what people don't want to do because it's not fun. And it's not a skill set that most coaches need to know. There's no other place, unless you want to do SEO for your website, it's not something that is a skill that you'll be able to, to use anywhere. So what I look at is, you know, just leave that to me and my team, leave the editing to me and my team, because that can be outsourced to me. You Coaches need to have their face on screen. So they need to be recording themselves or hiring someone to record them and then going through that process of making the video correct and then releasing it on a weekly basis is ideal. So same time every day, you know, like Tuesday at 9am Pacific is my time. You also talked about like, and I apologize, I can't remember exactly what you, you said something like embedded captions or oh yeah what what was um, that so closed captioning closed captioning so yeah closed captioning is a great thing to do and it's really pretty cheap especially for youtube videos which are typically you know three to five minutes long but you can get captions on rev.com rev.com for a dollar a minute and you can get them even cheaper elsewhere but rev seems to be the you know you get a really good product for a dollar I and, use them for transcripts. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it's great. And you upload those into your video so that the the subtitles are available to people who either are hard of hearing or they're in a workplace where they can't have their sound on or they're, they speak English as a second language. I know that I speak fast. So if I, and I speak a little bit of Spanish, I have a Spanish speaking client and I love just being able to read the Spanish because I'm better at reading it than listening and hearing him say it. So having that available to people. And then the, the big bonus is YouTube then says, oh, this is what this video is really about uh, because they match your words and they're, oh, okay. you, know, you can't just fake it. That's a place where they're like, yep, these are the words that are being said. It matches up and it's, yeah. So, so closed captioning is something that might be worth doing. Yeah, I, I definitely, that's I, one of the key things. And then if you want to even post your transcript into the, into the description, that works too. We typically do something a little different and kind of rephrase things and try to get different keywords, similar keywords in. Uh, but yeah, you've got the transcript. Then you can take the transcript, edit it, put it over on your blog, embed the video in your blog. And that way people 
who are readers or skimmers can skim through and then throw it over, put the video up on LinkedIn. And you can do the same thing there, take the blog post, put the blog post over on LinkedIn. So, you know, repackaging that for different platforms. What And you can you can put your, your YouTube video on Facebook. It's just not going to perform very well. Facebook does not like sending people to YouTube. If they see a YouTube link, that's kind of like, eh, don't share that with me. That's no. interesting. Okay, let's see here. What's the best mistake? I'm going to give you one that we have made today because we, we had to. And that <laughs> is having music in the background. So there is quiet music here. And when you go to edit this, that's we're going to hear chops in the music. Hopefully the, the music is quiet because I'm really pretty close to the, the camera. But yeah, background noise and especially music. With video, you can go through and like, or with, with podcasts, you can do all this really cool editing and it seems perfect. But when there's music playing in the background, even just a tiny little glitch, people will pick up on that and be like, oh, something happened and they get distracted. Oh, and- that's a, yeah, because th- there's no way you could not have the music have a little hiccup. Thank you for taking time during your conference to share this really needed information because coaches have to to use video. That's kind of, we just need to kind of bite the bullet and have fun doing it, huh? Yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, if you really, really hate video, don't do it, but find something else that you can connect with people. Probably you need to be doing in-person marketing. If you want to reach a huge audience, like across the internet, blog posts probably aren't going to do it for coaches. So you need to be, you need to be on camera. Well, thank you for that. And thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, and thank you for putting up with my my background noise and whatnot today. Absolutely. We have the opportunity to reach so many more people in the world today and to bring our value to the people that really need it. But in order to do that, we really want to maximize our effort. And so I thank Brighton for coming on and sharing some really specific things that we can do to maximize our impact through YouTube. And just in case you don't know, you can actually access this podcast now through YouTube as well. So thanks, Brighton, for joining the show today. If you'd like to know more about Brighton West and his business, Authentic West, go to the resource page at starcoachshow.com and access our free gifts and the links that are available and sign up for the ongoing book giveaway. Our membership site has launched. If you'd like to know more about the membership community, be certain to also check that out at starcoachshow.com. If you're enjoying the show, I'd appreciate a rate and review on iTunes. And I want to thank you for taking your time to spend time with the Star Coach Show this week. Until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success.